Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is the show we share cutting edge strategies to help marketing directors, CMOs, and titans of industry get more leads and customers so that they can achieve their vision. Speaking of titans in the industry of digital marketing, I've got myself here with Qasem Aslam. You know what's funny about that, Ralph, is the way you said that it makes you sound like the titan. Speaking of titans... <laughs> I have myself here, and I am pleased to be hosting this as the resident titan, also costumes here as well. I should, uh, I should just start referring to myself in the third person, I think. I think you should. You know, become an egotistical jerk is when you do that. The titans were usurped, according to Greco-Roman mythology. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here's the costume history lesson. All right. Why well, would they it's, use... I don't know if it's a history lesson. I just think it's, it's a paradoxical statement. Let me translate. Usurped, actually, is a 25-cent vocabulary because costume reads a lot of books. As you watch the YouTube channel over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, you'll see he is a very erudite young fella. Oh, well. Look at you. Yeah. So, yeah. usurped. Some might say didactic. <laughs> didactic. Overly semantic. Like we're throwing out all kinds of vocabulary words. Loquacious. So anyway, so please explain about the Titans. The Titans were, I guess, the gods that we know as Greco-Roman gods were actually demigods, and the Titans were the real gods, and the Titans were like the parents to the the actual gods, the commonly accepted gods. Yeah. And so, so when we call ourselves Titans or call people Titans, then we're basically saying like you were antiquated or you're a higher level than the gods. I think that's what you're saying. Well, yeah, but then you get like taken over. And I think they were chopped in a little bits and buried or something. And it's been I a long time since I read I Edith Hamilton's uh, mythology. This book in the top left-hand shelf over there, Greek mythology. Maybe we could do a reading on one of these shows one we day. Should. Yeah, I'm not sure. We which, should track it down. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, sure that's why people tune in. It's probably on the top shelf there somewhere. You see, you said when we started, you're like, I don't know what we're going to banter about. And look <laughs> at this here, Ralph. what happens. That's Stupid right. crap yeah. is what we talk about right. on the show here today. Well, the real purpose of this podcast is actually not to talk about that. We have got some crazy, insane AI, Amazon, meta stuff today. We're going to be talking to somebody who actually does this day in and day out. Cosmo. We're talking about somebody who actually knows what they're talking somebody about. Somebody who actually once. knows what they're talking about when it comes to yeah. meta ads. Not me and you. We got like the subject matter experts on here. That's the beauty of the show. But like, if you're a VP of marketing or director of marketing, you don't want to be doing what this guy is doing like today when we're talking about this. But you want your staff, and at the very least, you want to like corner your agency if your agency isn't using these tools. Like that's what you should really be doing. <laughs> so mm. it makes you sound so much smarter. You're like, hey, you know, uh, you using any of those generative AI tools inside the Meta Ads Manager? Just that unto itself, if you're director of marketing, immediate credibility. So 
that's what we're going to be recommending. Well, not just that, but you put your agency back on their heels a little exactly. bit and remind them like, oh, other people are paying attention. We should stay exactly. We should stay up to date. Exactly. On well, the beauty of this is like, you know, the guy we got on today, like never is back on his heels. He's always leaning forward on the skis, heading downhill at like 120 miles an hour. So pretty excited to have one of the, if not the preeminent Facebook media buyers. You probably know Google and TikTok and Snapchat and all these other ones as well. But Cameron Campbell calling in from... None other than Pattaya, Thailand. We are totally international. And I'm probably completely butchering that name because I was in Bangkok about six or seven months ago and never actually left the city. He did the smart thing. He flew into the city and actually went to a really beautiful area as opposed to the congested sort of polluted area. So that is a smart Cameron, thing. we're so psyched to have you on Perpetual Traffic here, dropping knowledge bombs about things that actually matter. And finally, we have somebody who knows what they're talking about on the show. So welcome to Perpetual Traffic. Yeah, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Obviously, we were talking before that this is where I all start for me, Perpetual Traffic. I learned marketing a lot of the time listening to this. And then one day on the podcast, Ralph, or I think, I don't know who it was, someone on the podcast said, you were hiring. I don't care. Kevin's trying not to say Molly Pittman right now. He's trying desperately Cousin not to offend me. so <laughs> sensitive about any other, usually she female. Who shall not be named. She not to, yeah, she, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Molly Pittman, it was probably Molly that you listened, you tuned into. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was not awesome. But yeah, so that's how it all started. We said, hey, we're hiring ads managers and you just so happen to be listening. See, that's when we had people that actually knew what they were talking about on this show back in those days. So, no, that's great. Actually, this has been, if I look at our staff at Tier 11, I would say probably 70, 80% easy comes from this show. So, if you're looking for a great recruitment tool, definitely start a podcast for sure. But yeah, today we're going to be talking about a lot of the big changes inside the Meta Ads platform, which we've referred to a little bit. And that other special guest, Lauren, has talked about it a bit. But you actually know way more than she knows when it comes to this stuff. Because you're going to debunk. is not high, Ralph, yeah. in fairness. Well, I mean, yeah. he's going to be debunking a few myths about like the Amazon integration, some of the Shopify stuff, as well as AI just in general in the platform. So before we get into that, do you have a nugget that you'd like to drop to the uh, PT listener here today? Something that you found out maybe through trial and error or maybe just painful mistakes that you learn from that will help our listeners scale and grow their business, especially when it comes to paid media. Yeah, so definitely I've got a nugget. This is something that I think most people miss because Meta don't make this available. The information is not available. It's come from trial and error, looking at the previews of, of all the different creatives. But what is super important for performance, but also just the aesthetic of your creative is to really know the cropping safe and danger zones. So if you think about a creative, let's say you're filming a UGC video portrait style, that's going to be cropped on different placements in a different way. Mm. And what most people do is they'll have like a, a story version and maybe they'll go and put a, so they'll have a feed version and then they'll maybe go and put in a story version of their creatives. I've tested this and I find that anytime you're trying to add additional creatives manually to fit certain crops, you get worse performance than essentially just creating a creative with the correct boundaries on it that it can be cropped anywhere and won't affect what's been shown on your creative. Because it makes sense if you think about it to show the thing as different creatives, Meta has to create separate ads. So those separate ads will have their separate learnings and they'll have separate engagement. 
versus if you create one creative that can just be cropped for the different placements, it gets to retain all that information. So when you have your post ID, if that's not too technical, your post ID can be shared, one post ID with all the learnings from your different placements. And what you see with accounts is, you know, you might start off with a lot of spam going to Instagram. That's where all your performance is. But then that might shift to more Facebook, maybe after a couple months, which is still good. If it's still performing, there's no issue in that. But if you have different post IDs from the separate crops, you're not going to be getting all that previous information because it might just be one of those post IDs going over and the rest might be redundant. So yeah, cropping is, or creating creative with the safe and danger zones is definitely a nugget. I can't roll them off the top of the head, but we can maybe give a handout or share with them in the description or something, I guess, uh, as to what those crops actually are. Dude, that's a solid nugget because I don't think anybody considers bleed and stuff when they're building creative or separating out social proof they'll consider it for text and things but they don't realize what's actually happening in the platform how the platform uses that creative so safe and danger zones so in essence create one creative that can be used across all of the different placements as opposed to individualizing inside ads manager cutting cropping making sure it looks good on reels versus newsfeed versus instagram you have one creative that rules them all upload it once it renders in the appropriate way based upon where the calls to action are going to be swipe up swipe down all that maybe we will give a link in the show notes if you've got a link to that what does that physically look like and how can people do it just once as opposed to this is probably going to make a lot of creative teams very happy it's like why are my media buyers asking for like nine different renderings of mm. the same freaking image? You just have one to rule them all. And it aggregates all the social proof. If you've got a social media manager, it makes it a hell of a lot easier for them to manage one thing, one post ID versus six or seven. Win-wins all around. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you are not doing that and you're not getting pushback, you might want to start sweating because that means you're basically showing creative that might be having horrendous crops in it. If you've got text in the top, maybe that's been crop maybe someone's eyes are like cut in half so yeah if you're not thinking about the safety and danger zones and you're not getting pushback that hey can we get this rejigged how to know if your agency is not paying attention they just accept the creative that you send wholesale without either asking for different manifestations or pushing back that's a good little red flag well if you're getting no response or you're seeing like certain placements are actually resonating and others are just tanking this might be part of your issue is that safe to assume Part of it could be that, yeah. But what will happen as well is you'll just stop getting exposure on those placements. I think Meta's smart enough that if you're giving a bad visual experience, they'll maybe take that off. We've had it before where you might have something that slips through the cracks. You'll like realize and take it off, but you don't generally see stuff badly cropped on your feed, which makes me think that, hey, Meta are doing a bit of a, a security measure on, hey, let's get this removed. I mean, their AI knows what's happening. With your, they, know, they know exactly every pixel in that creative yeah. what is in it. So they know if they're cropping out the text or something or someone's eye. That's a super, that's highly tactical, but so important from a performance perspective. And this is something that if people aren't doing it and they're maybe underperforming, this might be one of the reasons why. So certainly something to check. And we will leave links in the show notes to make sure that you are using the safe and staying away from the danger zones when you're using creative. Secondary question here as well is, does this apply for video as well as images? So we're talking about really both. Yeah, there's a caveat. Yes, but the crops are different. So even if you have a portrait image and a portrait video, 
meta being meta, they will crop them differently. So you have you have to use different sessions. Oh man. All right. Well, we'll leave links over at perpetualtraffic.com. Make sure that you, you do click on that because you're probably having a lot of wasted ad spend or just not getting the exposure at all. Like you're limiting your inventory that you can actually be shown on, which is not a good thing. You should be going across all the different placements on all the platforms. So super great nugget there. You know, we could just end the show right there, Custom, And I think this would be a great show. But no, we're going to give more. We're going to talk we about... We're going to continue. We're going to continue we're to win it. Yeah. Less banter from you and me. And more Cameron Campbell talking about all the new things that are going on inside the Meta Ads Manager, as well as dispelling some myths, which I think Lauren Petrullo has led some of our listeners astray. Wouldn't be the first yeah. time, Ralph. Yeah, I think she yeah. has. She's so, a shifty one. Yeah. I don't even think that's her real name. I, I don't think it is. I think it's she looks like a Gretchen is. to me. Yeah, she really does. No, yeah, she's a Gretchen Aura. She's <laughs> a Swiss family, which, Robinson. which is one standard deviation lower than a Karen. It's true for people who don't know. For people who don't know, Lauren's one of my very best friends, and I love her dearly. Yeah. And I love Molly Pittman. I just like to throw shade at people that I care about because that's how you do things in Albuquerque. Yeah, we have a group text thread and and it's constantly like I'm just... Ralph this morning said, why do I have to play dad? Swear to God, that was more or less the exact quote. Like all the time. They're just little pains in the... It's like additional children. To read, why do I often feel like the dad here? (laughs) Lauren, because someone has to play the caring and responsible person, dot, 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 not in. Right. (laughs) I'm going to tell her... I just read this live on Perpetual Traffic. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave images of that in the show notes for everyone yeah, to really get to know. Screenshot our private yeah, text messages. Screen, screenshot that. That's a great use of our time. All right, we're going to be back with Cameron Campbell right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. 
All right, we are back with Cameron Campbell, and we're going to get into all the cool stuff that's going on right now inside Meta Ads Manager. What do you want to talk about first? There's a lot of generative AI, like, let's just go down the list here and and maybe even do a screen share of how you're using it. We are going to blur these out if we choose to go that direction, but make sure that if you do want to check this out, this is news to you. We have talked about a lot of these things here on the show, but we haven't really shown you it in a live screen share. So make sure you do check out our YouTube channel over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. And we're going to get into all this new stuff that's happening inside Ads Manager, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. So generative AI, not something that Meta have really promoted too much, but really cool. So I don't know why. I think they're trying to focus on the Advantage Plus suite at the moment. But they're doing these other things, not mentioning it, and then maybe people don't know what it actually is. And certainly these features I'm going to show you, you could easily just pass over them and not realize that, hey, this is some really great stuff that Meta are producing. You have to remember Meta have so much money, so their AI development section is going to be very advanced. And people always forget that, but you know, the stuff they're bringing to the table is probably going to be far superior than some of the widely used AI tools that we know. ChatGPT, Motion, these kind of, mid-journey, these kind of things, okay? While you're pulling your screen up, Cameron, I want to meditate on what you just said, because I think it's really important for our listeners to integrate that paradigm. Looking forward, be really careful about using outside AI utilities within closed ecosystems if an AI utility is available inside of that ecosystem. That should be your paradigm. If the ecosystem has the tool, even if the outside tool is good or good enough, Start using the internal tool because it integrates along other levels that the exterior tool can never, will never integrate with. So the rule engine is if AI becomes available within the ecosystem, use that AI, even if you have processes built on external AI, which also means you have to keep a very close eye on what these internal ecosystems like Google and Meta are producing. 100%. Yeah, we've seen throughout history that if Meta introduced a new feature, it just seems to get better performance against other stuff. Well, they prioritize their own features, right? Google did the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I remember one account, we used like a third-party tool for editing the background of your catalog. Really cool. Like you could pull in elements from your Shopify page, the review widget, and that would be automatic or dynamically updated to give the actual reviews, your price, all these things. It was always outperformed by the plain old standard white background meta dpa and why is that it's definitely because they are making it work yeah. better because it's there in performance max you could do dynamic ad generation and there were always garbage ads there you wouldn't believe it looked like old powerpoint presentations with music against them they destroyed anything that we created or our clients created and i think google is just prioritizing their own media because they knew how to use it and they could adjust it and that makes a whole lot of sense and and i think this is important because we get real obsessive with the tools that we use i love chat gpt dearly but if meta or google introduces a text generator in app you have to get used to using the in app tool that's the only point that's a good soapbox for us to just continue to beat sorry i i interrupted you if you're not watching this is about to be really video heavy cameron sharing his screen so go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash youtube to check out the video because he's going to do an, a dynamic walkthrough of how all this stuff works and i'd add one thing to that too is like every time meta introduces some new tool it's usually not that great but they figure it out over over time so if you're like the tools that we're going to be showing you here on today's show, we do this six months from now, I'll guarantee you this all looks different. And it's probably gotten better in some way. I think that is a universal truth 
in anything with relation to meta. And I always go back to the concept of, remember when Instagram first got ads and everyone was like, oh yeah, I've tried Instagram ads and they don't work. Well, you know what? I think it's probably like 50% of our traffic at Tier 11 goes through Instagram. The point is, is that they have so much data. We always talk about like, oh, Google has more data than Facebook, but Facebook still has a ton of data. Maybe the second most data. I mean, maybe second only to Google or maybe the CIA or the NSA. It would, it would probably have to be Amazon because of AWS. True. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I won't play that game. But they're definitely, let's say, top five no matter the what. The point is, is like if you're not adopting these tools now, you're going to be so behind the curve when they really get super, super great. So definitely tune into the YouTube channel here to see what's going on. So Cameron, this is your show. Okay, let's go. So the first thing is going to be the generative copy. And I'm in an Advantage Plus campaign here, but this is available in any campaign type. But it might not be available to everyone. So this is an account in the US, quite high spending. Certainly, other countries won't have this. I know if I'm in certain locations and I look at the documentation on it, it's not available. So if the documentation is not available, the feature is probably not available. So yeah, not everyone will have it. But if you do have it, start playing around with it. And what this is going to do is essentially use the copy you provide in your ad as seed copy. And then the AI is going to give you generations of that copy that are meta using their eye putting into their data so we had a couple of interesting things we saw they were using more hashtags and things which is not something we would typically use on paid ad copy and i've not extensively tested it but it's another thing that's like hey if they've got all the data from all the different advertisers and everyone's behavior organically and paid is there something in using hashtags that we maybe want to explore so i don't know but it's like these are the kind of insights you can get from using AI because they have the data that you know we as humans are never going to pick up mm. on. So what you would essentially do is just come into the text section. I'm going to paste some text that I already have. And nothing happens at first, but once I go to add another text option, it's going to give me some suggested text variations. So you don't need to even use this text. You could just copy this and go and add it somewhere else. Okay, If you just want to use one copy variant, you could take these suggestions put them in our document. You could have some manual input into them if you want. But this is being generated from this copy here. And if I delete features, it's going to automatically remove that. So you can see here, we're saying uh, lifetime warranty, for example. Okay, So lifetime warranty, you can see here the copy's offering lifetime warranty just down here. If I delete that in real time, it's going to come on update and give me that rejig without that feature. So it's really great. You can come in and just try adding your different features and it's going to give you a new copy, saving you the time of ChatGPT. You'd have to go and like copy it and put it down and pick things out. This is just going to give you all the different examples. And then you can go in to do other things. You can refresh it. You can add it into the, the roster. So now you've got two copy variants. It's got more data to pull from. And these are going to update again further and take that in. So like what I like to do is when I have something that is working, I will move it to a new ad set as the post ID. So it's retaining all the original inputs for that creative, the best version of what that creative was. You therefore have proven copy. And at that point, it's going to give you suggestions. So I will take those suggestions, put them into a sheet, and then use them in new creatives to see if they do anything essentially, because it's coming from a proven copy. This copy just here, you know, putting it in at the start, Yes, you can get some different variations if you want to add multiple copy, but there's no credibility behind that copy. It's something new. Something that's already been proven is obviously a very good thing to be using as your seed copy because it has data behind it. Okay, so yeah, that is the generative copy part. 
At the moment, it only appears in the actual ad level of your campaigns. But I think from what Meta have been showing on presentations, at some point they might have like a section in their platform where you can basically go in and just create creative and copy using AI. So at the moment, it just happens in the actual campaigns. But eventually, I think there'll be a separate place where someone else could do this, not the media buyer. It could be like your creative team or something. So that is that one. Well, let's just pause there for a second. So if you're not watching on YouTube, let's just sort of explain here what just happened. Literally, he put in copy that in this particular case... It's bullet points, basically. Yeah, it's bullet point copy. It's your best performer. This is a company that makes very highly secure cases. We can't say who it is. But the point is, this is your best performing copy. And literally, as soon as you put it in... It immediately generated what three variations or five variations? I didn't quite see which one. Five, five, vari- five variations each time, but you can re- refresh that Got infinitely. It. So when you put that in, that worked literally. It happened in a second, and it's all really good copy. Some of these are ones, right. and I know it's like there are a few of them that actually do have hashtags in them. They are using emojis, like it's pulling the fact that you've got tons of emojis in your control copy. It's using that as well. What's funny about it is the emojis that it connects with the text actually make sense because you've offered emojis independent of, to describe this, each bullet point has its own emoji. But then one of the suggested variations has two emojis combined. But if I look at the sentence it combined those two emojis with, it, they're applicable, which that's such a layer of understanding that just boggles my mind. It blows me away it's able to produce something like that. Yeah, it's definitely more real life. So ChatGPT, it it's, uses language that, Maybe custom you use, but everyday people don't use. You know, it's like very <laughs> eloquent. Yeah. Nice okay? rip on custom, by the way. Appreciate but that. This, yeah, you'll fit right in here. Yeah. No, Ralph. I think he should be a regular guest with <laughs> but, that comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this copy, this looks like normal copy, and like like you say, the, the point about the emojis is great because yeah, again, ChatGPT uses emojis that none of us use, mm. but these are ones you do use. And I don't know, but I imagine this is the emojis that this brand uses. So if you have like a female dominant brand with like beauty, I would expect you're going to be getting more of that type of emoji. So it's super good. That's where this discussion gets really fun is you have to imagine, knowing the way that meta works, you have to imagine that it's not just producing copy based off of the inputs. It's producing copy based off of what it knows about your brand, what it knows about your audience, what it knows about what's converted in the past. And as you run more ads, it gets better and better and better. Right. Within the Facebook ads ecosystem and probably Facebook right. ads, the social side as well, this is pulling from the page, this is pulling from their most popular posts. Obviously, their best ads probably going, You know, I don't know if you've put in the landing page here as of yet, whether or not it pulls from there, but it's pulling from everything that it knows about this particular account. Whereas if you did the same sort of thing with ChatGPT, you're pulling it outside of the ecosystem and putting it into the wild. And it's like learning without all the knowledge that's already embedded within the Facebook ads or the meta ads platform, which is a big differentiator. Well, it's such a, that's such a critical point, Ralph, because for ChatGPT to work well, it has to be trained. And you have to train it on however many hundreds of thousands of parameters before it's actually really well primed. That's not true for Meta. It's that it's already trained. Right. You've already loaded it up with all this stuff. And so you're basically getting a pre-trained ChatGPT. Yeah. It's a large language model within a walled environment to a certain degree. Yeah. As well, and it's not to, just been trained on you. It's also trained by Meta on what works inside of the Meta ecosystem. It goes yeah. back to that whole thing, like use the in-app AI. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what works for that particular exactly. account is a big mm. thing as well. You know, if you're writing copy for many accounts, you as a human can never, you try and adapt, you're always going to have a style. Right. But this knows exactly how to speak to that account, that audience. Dude, what a great point that is. One of the best graphic designers that ever worked for me, ever. I'll give him a shout out on the show. His name's Andy Akers. I don't even know if he does graphic design anymore. That kid was brilliant. He was an artist. He was amazing. And yet, worked for me for, I don't know what, two, three years and then longer freelance. I could spot an Andy Akers design. Even when he stopped working for me and he'd go do something else, I'd see a logo out in the wild and be like, oh, Andy did that. You know, and, and that's yeah. not that that's bad. It's kind of cool that he had his own little twist. But if you have one graphic designer and 30 clients, all your client stuff kind of starts to look the same. And this helps you from that. Yeah. Protects you from that, I should say. It's so cool that you're using this, not necessarily like we're in ads manager right now at the ad level. You're actually using this as a tool where you can say, all right, I've got this great performing ad copy in another campaign. I'm using this and then I'm going to pull this out and then create maybe my own campaigns, my own ad sets, everything. You're using the tool not necessarily to be used in that actual ad set, but it could be used in other ones yeah. based upon what you already know about which copy works best and which messaging works best. Yeah, because the one thing it doesn't know is it doesn't know what we're trying to test for. So it's just generating me a copy, but it doesn't know, hey, Cameron's trying to see if this particular hook works or this angle works. So that's why I want to take it out and use it as inspiration because we're trying to get strategic with stuff so we can figure out what works. Maybe at some point it adds that. We have we talk to Meta, we, advertisers share the feedback and they develop their tools. So maybe at some point that is, people are going to go, hey, hey, we'd like this feature and you add it, you give it more parameters, you give it more information, you can adapt what it's doing. But for now, that's why I take it out is to get that strategy and what I'm trying to do with the message. Can messaging. I issue a soft challenge to that, Cameron? I'm just curious because I know nothing about running ads inside of Meta. I don't do it, but the way that I understand Advantage Plus campaign specifically is they're goal-oriented. And so you do tell Meta, hey, I want you know a download, a call, a purchase, a visit, or whatever. And so while it doesn't know what you're testing for within the confines of this specific endeavor, so what hook, like you said, or what offer, what price, it still knows the desired end result. And I have to imagine is optimizing against that end result. Or am I stretching it? And it just doesn't do that. And it's giving you a bunch of different options. And the, the two operate independent of each other. So it still knows the end result, but if you've got different audience segments, so we like to talk to avatars, okay? You might hone in on one specific avatar, but if you've exhausted that avatar, even though your copy, your objective of getting sales if it's e-commerce is always going to speak to that audience, your CPA is going to rise because you're just naturally exhausting them. They're going to be less efficient. If you want to talk to someone completely different, you have to speak a different way. In fact, you have to even show the creators a different way. So like if I'm speaking to an older audience about gifting something to their grandchild, I want to be using older people in the imagery. I want to be talking more in their language versus if I was trying to target the grandchild, I'm using younger people. I'm using like cool people, not saying that grandparents aren't cool, but like I'm trying to like tap into that and speak to, how that, speak to them how they want to be spoken to. So one thing we'll do with ChatGPT to try and do this as well is you'll take reviews from a brand and you can create a prompt to say, hey, analyze these reviews because the reviews are the actual language of your audience. So if you're speaking their language in the copy because you've analyzed the reviews, then it's really going to resonate more with them. So like if I'm from Scotland, I know how people in the US speak, but I don't really know how you, you properly speak. Every day I, I might say things that I think are worldwide, but they're not. But if I just use AI on the comments, that's how people are speaking. So it's going to take away that human mistake element and just get things right because it's people's actual words. 
Dude, this is, this is interesting because this shows you where the human intervention is necessary. AI is brilliant. It can create copy, but it, it now you, zooming out the, the strategy of saying like, okay, I'm exhausting this avatar. The cost of this traffic is going up because there's only so many old people in this specific geography. I need to pivot that right now anyway is something that AI is not capable of, which I think is kind of helpful to understand, especially if you're a CMO or director of marketing, the type of people that you want and need are the people that can think strategically that way. That's a different approach and a different thought. The role of the media buyer has changed so much. It's kind of an adapt or die scenario. And I think you did a really good job of identifying, that's a critical inflection point. Used to be you had to create the copy. Well, now you don't have to create the copy. You have to inform the copy, but you have to make sure the copy is matching the targeting. And that's, that's a different level of thinking. Yeah, because it's one of these big frustrations. I have friends, they'll be maybe in the SMMA space where you're doing local businesses. They're targeting the regional area. So like you're just fighting with your competition and people essentially want what you're offering. And there's only a few in like nearby. And they'll send you all these tools that are like highly automated AI. Like, oh, bro, look at this. This is going to change everything. Mm. And I look at it and I go, you don't understand what's happening at the highest level, though. It's like anyone that makes copy in ChatGPT knows it's rubbish unless yeah. you like give it what you want. You have to have that human element currently. Sure, one day you're not going to need it. It'll be completely, they'll know exactly about everything in our psyche. But that's what a lot of people are missing. They have all these platforms, but in my experience, maybe like small businesses that you're just cleaning up a small audience, they work. But when you're spending a lot of money and it's very competitive, it never performs. You have to have a lot of manual human input and strategy, marking psychology behind things. Yeah, strategic thinking. That's the way that all media buyers is going to have to go. And so if you've got button pushers, if you are the button pusher, your days are numbered. You need to transition out of that. And if you're the business owner, or the CMO, go find yourself some people like Cameron, people that can think strategically in those ways. This is great, man. Keep going. Oh, this is awesome. Well, one question for you here. So this is, I know we're talking to stuff. We've got a lot of stuff to show here on today's show, <laughs> but for a different avatar, this is very, this is a indestructible case made in Texas. You know, it's like a male avatar. This speaks to me. This is male. But the different avatars yeah. that you have for this, could you use this tool, like take a review from a completely different, like a, the female avatar, maybe there isn't one for this one, I don't know this account quite as much as you do, and then just plug that review or some kind of rough copy into this generative tool, and then it could be able to spit out avatar-specific messaging based upon all the knowledge that it has about the ad account, about the page, about everything else that you've done to create copy almost from scratch from like the raw materials. Is that something that you've used in the past to sort of expand out audiences at all? No, because it's new, but let's just do it now and see. <laughs> see I love that. There you go. Because yeah. my point is, is like For to your sure. earlier point, like you're going to be hitting this, like there is an avatar that you were talking to with this messaging. And you're getting variations of that. But let's say, all right, maybe there's a different avatar. They won't resonate with that messaging. But could you use this tool to seed and create new messaging to capture that part of the market, which these ads right now just simply don't resonate with? And this may or may not be a great example because this is a highly like male, very much, yeah. you know, maybe not as far as gender goes. This might not be a perfect example, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but it has adapted okay. a bit. I think if you have a more balanced one, maybe. So that's something we can go test. You've made me curious. We can go test it after and have an answer for that. 
But yeah, you can see that it is adapting, but this account has less than 1% of the spend going to women, and we're not actually defining the audience as men. So that's completely the algorithm. So all their yeah. data is going to be is on male. Page. So yeah, we're going for an audience that just doesn't right, really exist right. for them. It could be a different subset. It could be like the older audience, like, hey, I'm more, I'm more interested in like TSA security as opposed to the fact that it's made in Texas. There's so many different ways in which you could go with this. Yeah, that's the thing it doesn't know. So it, it doesn't know that the older demographic care about TSA at the, at the moment. So that's where you need that human element to go, hey, we know that the older generation, they like the fact that it's made in Texas, the younger generation just want the lower price right, or whatever, right. okay? Makes sense. So you just plugged in some female copy, even though like 1% of the audience is actually is female here. And it's get your husband the perfect gift. Give your husband the gift of versatility with virtually indestructible cases. It does exactly what we're saying here. It's not a very realistic example because the product is more specifically for men. But hey, you never know. Maybe you might find an untapped audience out there in the female market. Yeah, because I think for women, it would need to be more, there need to be like more emotion in it. Make your happiest day ever for your husband, you know, these kind of things. I think your husband will love. But yeah, it's interesting. We should definitely try it out. Speak to some of the other accounts, see what they can uh, find out. All right. We are with Cameron Campbell, by the way, ads manager extraordinaire on the meta side, especially we're going through some of the generative AI tools here. And first one for ad copy. What else have we got in here that maybe people are all that aware of? So this is, in my opinion, even cooler, the creative AI. And right now, this is in the very early days. So it is basic, but I think it's a sign of things to come. And I made the point earlier about cropping one creative so that it fits in all placements. Well, hey, if you don't want to do it, they now have AI that's going to do that for you. It basically solidifies what I was saying as to be true. If they're making AI that's going to do this, why are they doing that? Because obviously having the thing that fits correctly in all the placements mm -hmm. gives you better performance. They're seeing in their data, so they've created the AI that's going to do it. Otherwise, they just wouldn't do it. So what I've pulled up here is, in my opinion, even cooler. This is the creative AI generation. So the point I was talking about earlier about how you want to have the safe and danger zones so that your creative, one creative, can appear on all placements looking perfect because one is going to perform better than having multiple variations. Well, Meta themselves have created this tool where the AI is going to basically generate either the empty space it already crops it, but it will generate empty space so you can have a creative that will fill the, the background. And to me, that's suggesting that, hey, this is giving credibility to what I'm saying because if they've created the tool to do it, it basically means, hey, we're seeing better performance if we can use the full mobile experience and adapt creatives in that way. So here I have basically added an image already just for speed. Again, just in the ad level, we've just gone into upload image, added the image, and you're always prompted with this select media for crop placements. So what I was talking about before, you know, having these creatives that are cropped perfectly, I basically never select this. Generally, this creates lots of post IDs. But what you can see is my image that I'm using is square, okay? So you can see this is the story placement. There is empty space, top and bottom. This is legitimate square image. I'm just saying that because of what I'm about to show you, okay? So square image, not portrait. There's nothing else here. There is no lid here, and there is a bit of lid there, but it's kind of cut, and there's certainly no background on either of the two sides. If I hit next, I'm presented with this screen, which probably a lot of people just skip over. Maybe you leave on, maybe you turn off, but what this is doing is it's giving uh, Advantage Plus Creative 
permission to basically edit your creatives, okay? So the thing we want to show you is this one down here, the expand, the expand image, okay? Remember, this was a square image, and this part of the lid was missing. I'll try and zoom in a little bit. So this was missing. This has now generated the rest of our product. Dude, that is nuts. It, is add, it has added space here to make it. So this is basically optimizing for your Instagram feed placement. You've taken the square and you've optimized it for Instagram. Square is the universal placement, and a lot of people just use square so they can appear everywhere. But this is showing that, hey, you can now still use your square, but it is going to essentially optimize it for that placement. If you have lots of complicated text and stuff in your image, it's not the best. It won't always be able to generate it at this current time. But if it does, the results really are pretty, pretty amazing because it doesn't know what this product looks like. It's not unbelievable. So what Kasim was saying earlier, like how is it getting this information when we're talking about the copy? Well, this essentially tells us that it must be scanning all of your images on your website, any of the ads you ever produce. It must be looking at competitors, whatever. It must know the exact product you're creating to be able to generate what doesn't exist in the image. So really, really cool. But again, you want to be checking these things because it might not look good. It might look hideous. And as we know, you know, sometimes if you ever use Midjourney, you can just get bad, right. bad AI generation. So you might want to come and check that that's off if it is the case, okay? The other thing though, is within these different placements, there's a branding play because they're adding music, they're adding different headlines. So again, comes back to that human element. Like Meta, sure, they might be doing stuff for pure performance, but if you're a prestigious brand, brand quite often, brand aesthetic is more important to you than performance. We've had clients in the past where it doesn't matter if we can do something that gets them better performance, their brand vision or the brand perception of people especially the luxury brands, trumps that performance, okay? So yeah, you definitely want to be coming into this and like checking these things. You can simply just turn them all off and nothing will happen. But I think turning it on and using things like the AI generation background is naturally going to help your performance because it, they're meta are trying to push the tool, but also it is optimizing the visual for the actual placement. The generative image is so freaking cool. That's just, all right, so just to reiterate, and I, once again, you should get over to the YouTube channel to see this if you haven't seen it or if you haven't used these tools as of yet, but it basically, this tool added on the top of the box in this particular case or the case. Which is an intricate case. It's, it's an not like case. a suitcase. It's not like a black leather easy, like there is intricate right. parts here, like there is AI at work and then it generated the image so that it fits now perfectly in the Instagram feed is that particular one. And then there's other options where you can add a headline to make it fit the image as well, which we didn't really go to that one. But then there's also the moving sort of GIF almost video that's done as well. Like there's so many different options here. You gotta sort of you gotta sort of see this to believe it. And just think Dude, like, it's mind blowing. This is like it's one of the first scary. iterations of this happening on Meta and it's really super good. Yeah. You know what? So the Cameron already made this point, but you especially if you're selling products, you'd have to be so careful to make sure that the AI generated image is representative of the actual product. To think of a stupid example, my iPhone watch band has a Velcro end, but if let's say I had a cutoff image where the band, you didn't see the ends, AI would be forgiven for doing a clasp. And now somebody, you know, they think they're getting a clasp and they actually get a Velcro. That's the type of thing that seems small, but now all of a sudden your chargebacks and returns has an uptick. So 
just make yeah. sure not to rely too heavily on AI. That said, this is nuts. This is the type of thing that if yeah. you compare a brand that's using it versus a brand that's not, that's that you know one degree divergence that when they fly far enough away makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, you're, you're bang on actually, Kasim, that you can tell the experience you've got because they actually have a disclaimer on the ad saying, yeah, Meta are not liable for essentially that. If your product, if it shows your product in a way that it's not... Yeah the actual product, then they're not liable Dude, for any stuff damages. stuff like that's so important. I bought a collection of pens. I really like clicky pens. And I bought pens and the image in the product image was a clicky pen, but the pen that I bought ended up not being a clicky pen. It was a twisty pen. I hate twisty pens. And I returned the damn thing and I was mad and they got a bad review because I'm like, what? You lied to me. And then somebody might say, what's the difference between a clicky pen and a twisty pen? And in my, in my response is, it's none of your damn business. I like clicky pens. He likes clicky pens. And those little things yeah. are important to consumers. And important to you, apparently important to me yeah. yeah everybody has their quirks ralph you have quirks yeah. too many and important to ad performance because they're going to get asked how their experience right. was you know down the line a section of people will be asked and if they say the product wasn't why ordered meta are going to take that feedback but then again it might have been their fault right. that's why they have a disclaimer yeah that's the best part about meta and google nothing's ever their fault it doesn't matter it's you're what are you going to use the other facebook yeah you're going to go somewhere else you know, like, what are we going to do here? <laughs> going to use the Facebook 2.0. Well, actually. Yeah. That's you go back to MySpace? Yeah. yeah. Go back to Advertise MySpace. There. Go to Friendster. This is totally cool. So when you optimize for this or next step in this, obviously the expanding image part is just outstanding. What would be the next step here? And would you just accept once it's like it's consistent with the brand, consistent with the promise of the product that's being delivered, which is important. What do you typically do like when you do these sorts of things? Is is it a 90% hit rate for them being on brand and being non-mid-journey, but actually like looking good? What's the accuracy of this particular function in your experience? So like most of the time it will produce the creative if I, I would say even this one's not that great because the, the clip looks a bit off in the very corner. But generally it's better to be honest. But quite often, it won't actually be able to generate the actual image. So sometimes some creators are just too complicated. And a lot of the time, I'll find that I just can't use it because mm. it's, it's too complicated. So that's really the issue at the moment. But again, this is just launched. It's early days. It's going to get better. And for sure, especially Meta being a creative-heavy platform and then making the Advantage Plus suite, trying to push you to Advantage Plus shopping campaigns where you're not doing the targeting and things. All that's left is the creative, so you can bet they're going to be putting significant dollars into developing that to make their platform better. Because they've got two, obviously, goals. They want to get the advertisers more money. They want to please them. But they want to give people on the platform a better experience. So if advertisers aren't doing their part and making good creative, well, Meta are going to do it for you and basically give those people the, the good experience so they stay in the platform. Because that's their other business goal. They can't get money from advertisers if no one wants to use their platform. So that's such a good point, Cameron. And in order for, just out of curiosity, I'm going to make a statement, but it's really a question. In order for Meta to quote unquote do it for you, it has to have raw materials. So you have to be, you know, the more product imagery, the more media, the more content that you provide, the better it's going to be at creating ads on your behalf. Is that correct? Or are they going to go far afield and like literally conjure this shit up from vapor? At the moment, I have no idea. It would be speculation, but the fact that it can recreate stuff that doesn't exist on these products, surely it must be pulling in from data of your product. The mothership repository of content. And even if you don't have your own raw materials, Meta is going to... What scares me about that is I feel like we're going to have a zero-sum event horizon where 
everybody who sells this widget, the clicky pens or blue light blocking glasses, ends up with more or less the same type of creative because the AI figures out this is what sells blue light blocking glasses. So all 10 companies selling blue light blue blockers are basically using the same creative. And I imagine there's probably going to be an answer to that, maybe built into the algorithm. Maybe it's already there, but it does feel like a risk. Yeah. But then it also comes down to that. It's not, people need to stop thinking about, you know, just your marketing team and the platform have to do everything you have to, these days, even more than more, more than ever, you have to run a good business. You have to have good customer support. You have to have a good product. You have to be giving a good offer. Yeah. So maybe it's the deal you're getting, the packaging, what other products are you providing? So they can just continually shop from your brand, your shipping. You have to look at it holistically because like you're saying, if everyone's working from the same stuff, you're going to lose. You have to have the best business. You're exactly right, dude. You're exactly right. There's no margin for error anymore. One pissed off customer ca can cost you a hundred others. Mm, 100%. Yeah, this is so cool. I hate how impressed I am with Meta. Yeah. See, you're becoming a convert. Yep. I knew it was. I kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, convert, you're getting there. just you're getting reluctant there. You're getting there. captive, Ralph. Mm -hmm. It's like, Brainwashing. I, you know, I'm being held hostage True. by the, but they're feeding us well and they're taking care of us. And then as I'm behind the scenes in, in the deep, dark, dingy cell, I'm like, all right, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. But no doubt, it probably come to P Max as well. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Well, sure. you know, Google's been doing ad generation for some time. I've never seen anything quite like this inside of the Google ads ecosystem, but I've seen it inside of some of Google's AI generative tools. So I have to imagine they're going to bring it over. Google does the same thing Meta does. They quietly release features without telling anybody, let you find it, test it, break it, and then they improve upon it. We're the beta team. Yeah. Which is frustrating. Yeah. At present, this is only inside the actual ad level, but I think their vision and they've done presentations on it is to have a sort of creator studio where you'd essentially have like a mid journey of creating creative from AI in meta. And then you could take that and use it, you know, like make evolutions of the, your initial creative. Like, Oh, I want to upscale that. I think that's what their ultimate vision is from what they've been showcasing. But this is so useful for somebody like yourself. You don't want to have to go out and bring it back. Like you can certainly do ideation, I wouldn't even say out of platform because it's still within the Facebook ads platform or within the meta ads platform. But right here inside the ad level, this is killer. And you're eliminating a lot of back and forth with the creative team, a lot of Jira back and forth <laughs> inside tier 11 just by doing it all on your own. So this is absolutely killer. So that is generative image. Anything else to show on that here? Yeah, there is one more. So the final thing that I don't actually have access to show you, but here is Meta's documentation, is adding backgrounds to your product feed creatives. So if you've got a catalog and you're feeding that in to create DPA ads, which are dynamically showing people products from your feed based on their behavior on your site and other people's sites um, of rather than brands, you could only previously just have like a white background or the background of whatever your product listing images were. Now you can come in if you have it, and give it prompts to ask what background you'd like to change it to based on AI. So here they're just giving you some examples. New York City street blurred, sunset city lights, New York City, summer mountain blurred, abstract, snowy mountain, okay? So again, it's rudimental early days, but I think this is something that is gonna help you really stand out and differentiate yourselves without third-party tool in the future by, hey, let's make our product feeds more interesting. Because another thing they're saying is, you know, they want to push more people using their product feed because it's dynamic, it's dynamic ads. It's, it's using user behavior, less of you doing the targeting, less of you 
trying to control things. So they're obviously trying to develop those things to make them better from a creative perspective, give them variety and get more people using them and also more members of the audience purchasing from them because they're more interesting to see. So yeah, that's the three AI generation tools at the moment. That is so freaking cool. And that's coming. We don't have it quite yet, but it's on its way. It's almost like it's like you're giving a, a mid-journey prompt here for a background, if you're not watching this in our YouTube channel, that can alter the background of the product feed itself, which is so important because it's usually it's just plain white. How can you stand out in the newsfeed? That's what you always have, sort of have to think about. Exactly. So I don't have it, but some people listening might have it at the moment in their accounts. But again, Meta have not announced any of these. They just pop up. So yeah, the platform is changing a lot right now. Just keep your eye out for things and go and explore them when you see them. Well, this has been tremendous. We'll have to have you back on very shortly because we didn't get to our full list of all the things we wanted to talk about here because we got so caught up in the AI side of the equation. But things are happening fast inside Meta. And if you're not keeping up with it, you might be left behind, but also you might be getting beat up by your competition that's probably doing this. So if you're a director of marketing or VP of marketing, make sure that uh, you're talking about this sort of stuff with your meta media buyers, because there's a lot of cool tools here and they're far more advanced, especially at the early stage versus tools that have been brought up by meta in the past than I ever actually thought that they were. So super, super impressive here. And this is really brand new, like just within the last couple of months. And it's just going to get better and better. So awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here, staying up late, late, late from Thailand. And make sure that if you have been listening to the show for any period of time, please subscribe, leave a rating. We'd like to get this show to as many marketers as possible and uh, help them scale and grow their business. Of course, you can always go over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better and tell us what we should improve on. This is a direct result of some of that feedback. Get stuff that's more tactical in-app, what's going on inside Meta Ads. So thanks to Cameron for coming on and sharing that with us. You can obviously follow me on LinkedIn and Kasim on all the socials at Kasim Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes. And of course, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, if you weren't watching Go back and find the YouTube channel at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. You'll see exactly what Cameron was talking about here today. All resources and show notes, or of course, at perpetualtraffic.com. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasa Muslim, peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 